Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Hey everyone, great to be with you. My name is Jody, and if we haven't met yet, I serve on staff here at The Ridge as Director of Weekend Experience. Well, thanks for making time to continue to dig in with us as we are in the middle of a series we're calling GOAT. And any sports fan is going to tell you GOAT stands for greatest of all time. But I thought I would kick things off with the greatest of all shockers that you've ever heard here at The Ridge. So are you ready? Okay. I was not an athlete growing up. Yeah, I know. Shocking. Hard to believe. Okay, football is definitely my sport. I'll talk Packers stats with you anytime, but my goat isn't a sports person. So who is it? Well, it actually has to do with some work that I did before I came here on staff because I never saw myself working at a church. The only thing I ever wanted to do growing up was tell people stories as a news reporter. And here is the proof. All right, laugh it up. This is me uh, and my microphone at age two talking to anybody who would listen, as my mom likes to say, which explains to you who my goat is. It is Barbara Walters. Okay, in my defense, she was really the only woman doing any kind of storytelling on a national level when I was growing up in the 80s. And watching her made it seem possible for me to do it, too. And I was probably the only kid in grade school who could recite back to you the words of the 2020 theme song around the world and into your home, the stories that touch your life. And any true Barbara fan can tell you that it isn't the show 2020. It's pronounced 2020. So she's my goat. And no matter who is your goat, we've said as we're kicking off this series that really when it comes to God's story, there is a goat chapter in the Bible and it is Psalm 23. We know it's the goat because whether you follow Jesus or not, you've heard it. And its power isn't often fully understood or applied. But if we make time to get it right, it really can change our view of who God is and how we connect with him. So one of the ways we're asking you to connect with our goat is to read it every morning and every night. And then each week when we come together like this, we've been reading it here together too. And we want to do that again right now. But I want to stop to say, if you do not believe that the scriptures are God's word, you can feel free to just sit this out. We don't want you to do anything you don't believe in. But for the rest of us, uh, we just want to pause for a moment and the words will be up on the screen for you. And I'm going to read uh, the psalm to you, but please read it out loud with me, okay? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thanks for doing that. Well, as we look at the beginning of the psalm and what we've covered so far, we've just come off some really powerful truths 
about who God is. And one really interesting thing to notice about how these first three verses are written is that they're all written in third person. It's why we see God referred to as he. Now, this is a more detached or objective way of communicating facts or truths about someone or something. You grammar nuts are going to know that. Well, today we come to the portion of our goat that I think uh, is really the best known, and it's right in the middle. It's verse number four, even though I walk through the darkest valley, and actually some translations uh, actually have that say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is kind of like the mic drop moment of the entire psalm, which is funny because you'd kind of expect the mic drop to be at the end, but we find it right here in the middle. And the reason it's the mic drop is because this is where everything in our goat changes. Here's why. We go from third person, he, 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 these eternal truths about God to you, second person language. And this is what you use when you want to communicate the point of view of the person who is speaking. So really what this means is this is where you and I get to take ownership of what's being said in this verse. It's not somebody else's valley. It's your valley. It's not God walking somebody else through it. It's your God walking you through it. And he's doing it in a way that's specific and unique to you. So when we understand the power of this verse, our entire relationship and our entire dependence on God changes. Now, hey, if you are not a follower of Jesus, as we break this down, I think the first part of the verse is something that should really earn some street cred with you. It was written thousands of years ago, but this should show you that God really does get what real life is like today, because this is what it says. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, even though it is assumed. Now, some people think followers of Jesus are just promised nothing but sunshine and roses in life, and that is not true. We are not. This verse is proof. It's an assumed thing. This will happen to all of us, and sometimes more than once in our lives. So let me ask you, have you had a valley you've had to go through? You know, maybe it was losing somebody that you love and you care about, or Maybe you committed a sin and you're feeling guilt and shame like it's too dark to even talk about it. Maybe a sin was committed against you. Maybe you feel you're living without purpose in your life or you're walking through a valley right now and you're having one of those, God, where are you kind of moments. Well, did you know that there is actually a valley of the shadow of death? It's in Israel. I had no idea until this week. Well, every shepherd, though, knows about this place because it cannot be avoided no bypass, no detour, no other way around available. The only option is that you have to go through it. And it's a narrow path on a mountain range that has all these crazy jagged rocks and a very steep drop off. This valley's five miles long. And in some places, the path is so narrow, sheep can hardly turn around. So let me explain a little bit about why it is so tough to get sheep to go through this area. See, sheep react to their surroundings. They have bad depth perception. They don't like darkness or confined spaces. So you're a sheep and you see that valley. What's your reaction going to be? Yeah, no way, shepherd man. You got the wrong flock. I ain't going with you. Well, this is the exact same feeling a lot of us have. It's why we get stuck in those dark valleys. And actually, this might be where some of you are right now. Right now, you're going through something, and it's got you convinced that, hey, either God doesn't exist or he doesn't care, because if he did, none of this would be happening. But remember what we said earlier. The scripture is about as real as it gets, and it's not about sugarcoating it for you. It is about being honest with you. Being a follower of Jesus does not mean 
that you get to avoid suffering and avoid hardships. It means continuing to trust God because he is with you right in the middle of it. So the good shepherd leads you through the valley. He doesn't leave you in the dark valley. But how do you make it through? Well, you make it through because of what comes next. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil. Now, for most of us, fear is the biggest problem in the valley, the fear of the unknown, all of the what ifs. They can overwhelm us. What if I fail? What if I don't make it through? What if there's more danger that I didn't see coming? Fear can be paralyzing. But to make it through the valley, you have to keep moving. So let's bring that picture of that valley back up again. Yeah. Okay. And let's pretend you were in a flock of sheep that's at the entrance to this valley. And your shepherd looks at you and he says, go on. Good luck, little sheep. See you on the other side. And he kind of like points you in the right direction and then just sends you on your way. Of course, you're not going to go. Remember, this place is full of stuff that makes sheep literally freak out. You are going to be paralyzed by fear. So... How are the sheep, us, how are we going to make it through? Well, our good shepherd gets involved. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Did you know sheep will follow someone they know and they trust even into a dark or an enclosed area, which are two things that they hate? Now, this doesn't mean that we enjoy the valley. That's not what it says. And it says, though, that we don't have to be afraid of the valley. We might get anxious, but we are not going to live in fear. And here's the reason you are with me. This is the ownership idea coming back to us again, too. When I say, God, you are with me, it means that I believe he's with me, just me. It means I believe he will be with me in a way that's different than how he'd be with any other sheep in the flock that he's got to be with at a different time. He's going to be with me in a way that means He knows me the most. Is there anything in this world that you just have a total and irrational fear of? For me, it is haunted houses and scary movies. I cannot do them, never could. So if I were at the doorstep of a haunted house and you were telling me that I had to get through it, do you know what I would do? I would kind of like duck and cover and run like heck to get to the exit as fast as I humanly could. You know who else runs when they're spooked? Sheep. Any loud noise, anything seems off, they get scared, they run. And a shepherd will tell you that you do not want sheep running anywhere. Running sheep equals out of control sheep. And it really is kind of just this worst case scenario, not just for that sheep and their health and safety, but really for the whole flock. But back up just a little bit, because what does our verse say? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I walk. You know who walks? Calm sheep walk. Sheep that are not afraid walk. Sheep that feel safe walk. A flock that trusts its shepherd walks. Why? Because it's the path that our good shepherd who cares for and protects us has us on. So we walk with him. So while walking through the darkest valleys, there are a couple guarantees. First, that he will be with you. And here's the second, he will comfort you. It's easier to really understand the comfort we're promised If you also understand the tools that a shepherd uses to do his work, so I know, indulge me, uh, join this city girl for some shepherding 101, okay? Uh, Shepherds have two tools, a rod and a staff. You got to love this picture. I think we stole it from our Ridge Kids team. This is what shepherd's gear looks like. And these two items serve totally different purposes 
First, let's talk about the rod. Now, this is kind of like a small club. It's two to three feet long, usually made out of a tree trunk, but not the middle of the tree. It's kind of where the trunk joins the gnarly roots at the bottom. And shepherds used a rod to fight off predators. Some of them actually learned to toss these things with amazing speed and accuracy. Can you like picture getting hit in the head with one of these? Do not try to steal the sheep of a shepherd with good aim, okay? That is the rod. It's more for protection. Then we also have the staff, and this is probably the one you think of when you picture a shepherd. It's about five feet long, skinny, uh, kind of has a hook on the end of it. And a shepherd's staff is for caring for his sheep as he gently leads them. So if a sheep falls in the water, he kind of just scoops them back up. Or if uh, they get tangled in some brushes or thorns, he can set them free. It's really hard to underestimate, though, how important the staff is because I'm not sure if you know, the sheep can die within minutes if they topple over and land on their back. So the staff is actually a life-saving tool for a shepherd. So the rod and the staff are a picture for us about the truth of who our good shepherd is. He fights for us while guiding us through the valley, and he protects us and helps us in our daily struggles. Now, unfortunately, we don't get to choose if valleys or tough seasons are going to come in our lives. But the valleys can grow us and they can shape us if we let our shepherd lead. So the question we really got to ask is, are you turning to Jesus for comfort or to something else? Because reality is you're going to look for it somewhere. And if it's not turning to Jesus, it's not likely that you're going to get through the valley. Now listen, I am not a stranger to the valley and how far from God that can feel. Those moments when like nobody's looking and any fight that you used to have left in you is just gone because you break and you can't see a way through. You don't know what's next, but you know it's not going to stay like this. It's kind of just paralyzing. Here's what I've learned. You got to let your shepherd lead you through because doing it on your own is not going to work. And avoiding the pain is not going to work. And choosing a different shepherd is not going to work. You've got to go through it, and you've got to let your shepherd guide and comfort you, just like he did for Larry. Let's watch his story together. It's something, you know, when you're young, you're just not used to, um, you know, having bad things happen to you. And, you know, watching the love of your life, you know, get sick, and, you're, you know, your ultimate goal or my job at that time as her husband was to, you know, make sure that she's going to be okay. I met my wife, Michelle, in high school at the age of 16 years old. My favorite thing about Michelle was her smile. It was just infectious. You know, that smile, it was just something that was just so beautiful and amazing. And then we were told that, you know, the only thing that's going to save Michelle's life at this time would be to go through a heart transplant. Uh, like, just, uh, it's just a tough situation, a tough time, because I'm hurting watching my wife be sick and at the same time, you know, feeling, um, well, who's there to support me? <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, I, I did some things that I'm not very proud of. I was drinking, you know, you know, hanging out with a lot of friends that probably weren't good role models and stuff like that or good acquaintances. But it was just, I guess, my way of kind of coping with what was going on. So I, in a sense, I, I guess maybe I was kind of running from reality in a sense. And this was my way of, you know, kind of drowning, you know, what was going on. And, I wasn't on a good path, you know, and it easily could have spiraled and went way south, and it didn't. You know, so there were times where I would pray that, you know, Lord, I know I'm going through a tough time, you know, um, help me, you know, help me get on a better path. Help me, you know, clear my mind because I know the, the end for Michelle is coming, 
but also I need to be strong for my son that, that is gonna lose his mother. You know, and at the time, you know, Talon was nine years old, so I prayed a lot about a lot of things. <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm still hopeful at this time, but then when this doctor came in, her, her, her main doctor, and said, you know, I don't think there's nothing more we can do for Michelle. Um, you know, we just have to put her in palliative care and let, let everything just kind of take its course. And, and I'm sitting there like, well, like, are you telling me like, there's, there's nothing we can do at all, period, nothing. And he pretty much said nothing. And, uh, you know, it kind of hurts because like we sat there and we both cried and uh, we're, I felt helpless. I tried to, so I'm trying to talk to myself and praying before I go to sleep that night that, you know, I'm like, you know, I just don't get it. You know, why me? You know, why can't I just have a, a decent, normal life? And uh, why couldn't I give her the things that she wanted? Because we know the end is coming. And, uh, you know, I was just like, you know, just just help me, you know, help me. And, and as you know, you know, obviously Michelle passed away and I was praying and praying and praying, you know, for, for hope for her and answers for her and, 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 you know, what, what can we do to keep her here like longer? Like we want her longer, you know, everybody wanted her longer and it just, uh, we didn't get that, you know? So, you know, I would say, well, oh, God has answers and just keep praying. And for a little bit there, I'm not gonna lie, I was really mad, you know, I was mad and, that, uh, you know, I prayed to you and it didn't, it didn't work out, you know, but, um, you know, I look back at life and, you know, uh, I really do think that, you know, all the prayers that I did and, you know, all the things I've asked for, you know, I, I, I still believe things had to happen for other things to happen, you know, and I wouldn't be where I am today, you know, for me to go down the path that I went down um, because I do feel like I'm a, a much stronger person and, you know, my faith with, you know, my faith with God and, and my prayers and, and the beliefs that I carry, um, and it's given me a story that I can tell other people, um, and it, it's valuable. And I think that, you know, unfortunately I had to go through what I had to go through to be where I am today. I just love how real and raw Larry is. Uh, just being honest about what it's like to be in the valley for him and really how hard it can be. Because maybe some of you, you can relate to like Larry, we don't get to choose the valley. And hey, I don't know why you've got the one that you do, but I do know you got the exact right valley for you. Because here's the thing, it's the one that will create a new and a deeper dependence on your good shepherd. It's the one that will reveal more about how he wired you. And it's the one that he may ask you to use to serve somebody else someday. We don't get to choose our valley, but we do get to choose our response to it. When you respond by following your good shepherd, he doesn't leave you in the valley. He guides you through it. And the more steps you take, the faster the darkness passes. And eventually you are gonna see more meadows ahead. Remember, we're asking this question. Are you turning to Jesus for comfort or to something else? Well, I actually want to give you a chance to feel what it feels like to turn to Jesus. So right now, I just, I want you to try something with me. I want you to invite the presence of God in to how you are dealing with your valley. So here's what I want you to do. 
I just want you to place your hands kind of in a really open body posture like this. You can put them on a table or on your lap, whatever's comfortable. It's just a way of physically showing God that you're open to Him. And when you do that, I'm going to speak the truth of this verse over you again. And as I do, I'm just going to kind of guide you and show you what this could sound like in a conversation between you and your Good Shepherd. Okay, so I just want you to open your minds and open your hearts to Him and ask Him to show you what he might do to lead you through the valley you're in, what that could look like for you. So let's try it right now. Lord, even though, even though I don't want it and I didn't ask for it, God, I surrender to the fact that, you know, this is, this is just where I'm at right now. And this valley exists. Now, I know you didn't cause it, but for some reason, you're allowing it. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, God, I just, I still choose to, choose to trust you and to continue to trust you. And I want to follow your lead and move forward through it and not get stuck. I will fear no evil for you are with me. God, when I start to focus on all the what ifs and when I start to feel afraid, I'm going to repeat your promise over and over and over that you are with me. You are with me. God, when I'm tempted to forget, you are with me. Make yourself known. You are with me. Let me sense that you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus, may I never be too old or too controlling or too arrogant to think that I don't need your comfort and protection. I just hope you find my heart humble and willing to let you lead and let you provide as you see fit. And you know, if you haven't done it yet, just close your eyes. I'm going to pray this verse over you one more time. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful for the level of love and care and guidance you want to offer each one of us as your sheep. God, thanks for not lumping us together as a flock but wanting to walk each one of us through our unique valley in a way that's special to us. God, we just admit that it's kind of intimidating to think uh, that you would love us that particularly, God, that uniquely uh, and that intimately, but we know you do. Help us trust and rely and lean into that uh, in these valleys and any more that come our way. God, help us... Uh, Help us not get stuck. Help us to trust you in ways we haven't before. And God, uh, just reveal to us where maybe we've been, we've been trying to get through the valley in our way instead of your way. Be kind and gentle as you correct us or as you begin to lead us. And God, uh, where we haven't allowed you to be present with us in the valleys before, um, we just welcome you into them now knowing that the truth of how you want to comfort and guide and protect is greater than anything we could imagine on our own. God, we pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com dot com.